0: What if the speed of light was 30 miles an hour? What if Earth had two suns? Which serial mascot would win in a what fight? What if everyone lived underground? What if it on trees? What if, money threw what if trees? pigs could
1: fly? I don't know if that would actually happen. It's much easier to store even a cycle than to store a horse.
0: Hello everybody and welcome to Absurd Hypotheticals, the show we overthink dumb questions so you don't have to. I'm your host, Marcus Lehner, and I'm joined here today by Chris Yee and Ben Storms. Say hi, guys. Hey, I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Ben. This doesn't really work as a a, a segue in my head, because we just passed May the 4th, the Star Wars day, but this is the past and not when this episode is released, so it's really kind of irrelevant by the time this episode comes out.
2: This comes out in June.
0: Yeah. June the 4th, be with
1: you. June
2: the 6th, be with you.
0: Uh... Ret- ret- no, I don't think... Uh, it, we're, we're. Our has got extended, didn't it? Isn't it like June 15th or 20th? June, oh. It's June yeah. 6th. Uh, re- what re- day is it?
1: <laughs> Return of the Juni. Uh,
0: I'm tr- trying. I don't know, guys. Star Wars. But uh, if you haven't guessed already, and speaking of Juni, we're doing a Star Wars question today. What if you had Jedi powers? What do we mean by Jedi powers? Uh, the Force. Yeah, the Force. The Force from the Star Wars movies. So this this mystical... Um, midichlorians fueled ability to like you can move things with your mind you can choke people out you can maybe shoot lightning if you're really mad and you can sense some stuff and you can you can jump real good trying to think any other ones i missed there's a lot of cool ones there's a bunch
1: if if you if you're listening to this you know nerdy podcast and haven't watched star wars which feels like a pretty narrow slice of an already pretty narrow slice Well, if we're talking about the power, we'll probably talk about how it works kind of in the answer. So you'll catch up. It'll be fine.
2: Also, if you clicked on a video called, what if you had Jedi powers and you don't know what the force is, then I don't know. (laughs) That is also a very
1: confusing decision you've made.
0: Well, good job making the person who was just open to clown with whatever we were doing feel really, really self-conscious about not knowing Star Wars. which people who don't see Star Wars already have to deal with enough. Did you just say open to clown? (laughs) <laughs> yeah open to clown i'm
1: open to clown it's like down to clown but more, I'm open to more clowning.
0: encouraging i'm predisposed to clown foolery <laughs> <laughs> oh boy once again the second i hit the record button my brain immediately becomes a mess <laughs> yep and, and we love it chris save me for myself why don't, why don't you used to get started so i'm gonna start with the thing that
2: i first uh thought about when i thought of force powers and jedi powers was um deflecting things so like the, actually, the idea of deflecting, uh, like, a blaster bolt specifically, I don't know. The idea is cool to me. Uh, there are some examples, I think, like, in the the new Disney Plus, like, animated thing, a few people, like, stop blaster bolts with their force, and I thought that was really cool, so I was like, I'm going to look into that. And a few examples of people just deflecting things is uh, in Empire Strikes Back, Han Solo encounters Vader on Cloud City. And uh, he shoots Vader, but Vader holds out his hand and blocks the the shot, um, and then he uses the Force to like pull the gun away. In Attack of the Clones, Yoda fights Count Dooku, and Dooku f- shoots lightning at him, and he deflects the lightning. And then more recently, in Rise of Skywalker, Rey deflects blaster bolts in the in the Battle of Exegol. So, what is a blaster bolt in the first place? Because like, what are what is this thing that they're deflecting? It looks like a laser, but it's not actually a laser. So in the lore of Star Wars, Blaster Bolt, um, the blasters, they shoot pulses of explosive gas. And then the, the color of the bolt is actually dependent on the type of gas that they use in the blaster.
0: So they're really just big fart guns. Yep.
2: <laughs> yeah, technically. <laughs> technically fart guns. So they're not deflecting lasers. They're actually deflecting like pulses of energy. And the interesting thing is in Attack of the Clones, with that Yoda example, he deflects the lightning and then Dooku actually like, tries to shoot him again with the lightning. And the second time Yoda doesn't deflect it, he actually absorbs the lightning, the energy from the lightning, which brings me to the next thing, which is like sort of a natural progression of deflecting these things. It's a thing called tutaminis, which is like a term in Star Wars lore which it's like a a technique that the jedi use um and Tutaminis encompasses everything that like involves dissipating energy or even absorbing energy so jedi could sometimes use the energy that they absorb to like heal or like divert the energy into like other force powers which is kind of cool i thought and some of some of the more powerful jedi could like absorb blaster bolts now Tutaminis was Sorry,
0: I'm going to laugh. That name, that name yeah, is so I, funny. We can't it just is... let that go by. Yeah, <laughs> it's not a great name. <laughs> well, it, it, it's got to be... It's. I mean, it. the name makes sense because it's, it's, it's minimizing the fart blast. So it's a, it's a toot, a minus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that makes sense, yeah. It minuses yes. the toots. <laughs> yes,
2: exactly. toot um, to menace <laughs> is... <laughs> is one of the first techniques that they actually teach in the Jedi Academy. And they teach it so early because it actually takes a really long time to develop this skill and master it. Sometimes it takes like an entire lifetime to master. And Yoda absorbing the lightning is actually the only demonstration of Tutaminas in the movies. It is demonstrated a few more times outside of the movies. So I think this example is from the comics. I'm not entirely sure, but a jedi named neja halkion i think he's yeah i think that's how you say it um he was a republic general during the clone wars and he actually didn't possess any telekinetic abilities from the force like he couldn't move things with his mind or with midichlorians so to make up for this he actually developed his skills into tutaminas instead and became like really good at it so he was actually able to use the energy that he absorbed in order to give himself temporarily telekinesis, which is cool. And he was actually so good at the technique that he was able to catch lightsaber blades with his bare hands, which is badass. <laughs> Ooh, That's from the comics. There's also a game called Star Wars The Old Republic, uh, where a Jedi named Satel Shan, she... F- she fights during the Battle of Alderaan in the Galactic War. She's fighting Darth Malgus, and she also blocks a lightsaber blade with her hand. So really strong force users can block and absorb uh, lightsaber blades, which, again, very cool. So similar to like how I looked at blaster bolts, I wanted to see like what is a lightsaber blade as well. A lightsaber blade is actually plasma. Lightning is also plasma, so the lightning that Count Dooku is shooting at Yoda is plasma. So that means that they're able to deflect, block, and absorb plasma. And what else is also plasma is fire. So I want to become, with my force powers and the ability to absorb plasma, I want to become a firefighter and fight fires by absorbing them. And Jedi have actually shown like a higher tolerance to heat as well. So like in Revenge of the Sith... Obi-Wan and Anakin are fighting on Mustafar, which is like a giant lava planet, and they're just fighting right next to lava, and they're fine.
0: Hey, could you argue one of them exhibited more resistance to heat than the <laughs> other one?
2: Yes, that is true. <laughs> Given that
0: one, well, one of them kind of more fell in a bit. <laughs> Got uh, a
2: little crispy. Yeah. I mean, he had not mastered minutes, apparently. So, <laughs> actually, I think there is an example. I don't remember... Where it's from, but I think there's an example of a Jedi absorbing energy from a volcano specifically. So if Anakin was able to do that, he'd be fine.
0: The Star Wars Extended Universe is a beautiful place.
2: (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Jedi get very powerful in the Extended Universe, and because I'm becoming a firefighter, I try to look into like uh, common fatal causes of fatalities in firefighters to see if like being a Jedi would actually help, and. I found numbers from 2019. Actually, I found numbers from 2020 as well, but they're kind of skewed by COVID. So I went with the 2019. And according to that, 54% of firefighters die from uh, exhaustion or overexertion. That was, that was like the number one cause. And the number two cause was fire and explosions. That was only at 13%. So there's a really big gap between the two. We can absorb fire. I mean it'll help with that thirteen percent, but uh fifty-four percent is still a lot for uh exhaustion and stuff. But the thing is, if we don't have to wear all that like protective gear and stuff to protect from the fires, we're just gonna absorb it anyway. We're not gonna be as exhausted. We'll be fine. And like firefighters they also carry axes and stuff for like rescues. And axes are pretty heavy, but we don't need that anymore because we have our lightsaber. A lightsaber is, is actually way more effective as a tool for firefighters, because you can f- basically just cut through anything, and it's it's a lot lighter. So,
0: can, but can you possibly can you possibly be and have a good relationship with the other firefighters at the firehouse when you're the one who does not have to get ready when you go out on call <laughs> where like the thing rings and like everyone's rushing to put on all this heavy super uncomfortable like protective gear and like you're just sitting there like come on guys
2: you're just <laughs> sitting there oh boo hoo, my axe is so heavy i don't know you could help them somehow with your telekinesis powers. telekinesis
1: that feels like
0: one to help carry things that are heavy yeah there you go <laughs> yay sure. yay I'm usually trying to help someone get their suit on by like force like <laughs> pushing it at them <laughs> like here you go
2: <laughs> yeah so you have your lightsaber and you'll be good to go and then there are just a, like a few other advantages you have just from being generally being a jedi You'll be able to like move debris with your telekinesis. So like if people are trapped under debris, you can easily lift it and let them out instead of having to like lift it with your hands like a normal person. Uh, you can also jump super high. So I looked up how high uh, Jedi can jump and it's up to around 23 feet. So you'll still need the ladder on top of the fire truck because that goes way, way higher than 23 feet. But it will still help. You'll be able to jump high. That'll be helpful. And then you'll be able to save kittens from trees with your telekinesis, obviously that it makes things a lot easier because you don't need to get on a ladder. <laughs> and then if you're like trying to talk someone off a ledge, like firefighters always show up to that. You, you have your Jedi mind trick. So you just like wave your hand in front of their face and they'll be like, okay, I won't jump and you're good. So yeah, I will be a firefighter Jedi.
0: You managed to take a generic hero and turn him into a generic hero. Good job! Yeah, nice. <laughs>
2: <laughs> we did job it. Complete. Mission
0: accomplished.
2: Mission accomplished. <laughs> ben, what do you do?
0: So I
1: really, you you mentioned briefly the Jedi mind trick there, and I came into this question basically deciding that I was going to figure out a way to make the Jedi mind trick actually useful. So the Jedi mind trick. To go into a little more detail than than Chris did. It is basically, yes, you technically don't have to wave your hand. There are examples where they don't. But generally, you wave your hand at someone and say something for them to do or think or whatever, and they do it. It works on the the weak-minded is kind of the way it works. There are certain species and just stronger-willed people who aren't susceptible to it, but that's kind of the way things go. In normal, everyday life, it doesn't actually seem that useful. I was thinking about just, like... You know, things I do day to day-, day-, day and very rarely are there times where just convincing one person to do something is actually going to get you that much. Unless you want to scam people. But even scamming people.
0: Apply for a loan, get out of a speeding ticket, purchase but like, okay. anything.
1: Well, no, let's talk about applying for a loan or, or purchasing something. So say you go to Walmart. And you go to you know you get you know a TV or whatever, and you take it to the register, and you um wave your hand and go, "I just paid for this," and the, the cashier goes, "Okay, you just paid for this," and you walk out. You are on camera like eight times walking out with a TV, and there's no record of you having bought it. See, you you don't have to. You don't have to. Steal eight TVs in a row? (laughs) Well, no, no, no. I'm not saying you did eight. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, you walk out with your TV, and like at the end of the day, the manager's gonna say, "Hey, why did that person walk out without paying for a TV?" And the cashier's gonna go, "I don't know," and they're gonna know who you are.
0: Or you know, you don't have to steal the whole TV. Just be like, "Hey, I wait." You don't don't have to steal the the whole TV. Wait, (laughs) you have to (laughs) to (laughs) to steal part of the TV. (laughs) You just get, you'll just get the best. You'll get the best non-like damaging deal. Okay, but you once want to again, that to me, that factory costs. Once again,
1: you're, you're, pretty, you're, you're sort of proving my point here, that the actual use of this is pretty low. <laughs> it doesn't go as far as you might think it would. So, after I thought through things a lot, I needed something that didn't actually matter that much in the grand scheme of things, but that still would be, be able to have some sort of actual impact on. And because I am me, I wound up, of course, at sports. Oh,
2: I was thinking you were going to say food.
1: Oh, no, that would actually also be another another uh, possibility.
0: <laughs> He's got two themes. Ben's got two things he yeah, does. Yeah, <laughs> I do
1: food and I do sports. That's basically 90% of who I am. The other 10%, of course, is this podcast, which encompasses my love of food and sports. So, you know, you can take of that what you will. And don't forget you're 70% water. I am. So things get really complicated. Basically, I decided to figure out, because in sports, there is always a referee, Right. And that referee is someone who you could convince to do things. I'm not going to say easily, but in enough of a high impact moment that you could sway the outcome of your games and lead to more success for the team that you're playing for. I wound up going with basketball just because, I don't know, the NBA playoffs are happening right now and I was thinking about basketball. The question you're probably asking right now is, hold on, you have Jedi powers, including like telekinesis. Why am I not just using telekinesis to mess with the outcome of basketball games? And the answer there is that there are currently, as far as I can tell, no rules against telekinesis in the NBA rulebook. However, (laughs) I don't know. I didn't didn't read all of it. Not going to lie. I just did some control F, you know, magic, but (laughs) couldn't find anything. I'm pretty sure if it was discovered that you're using telekinesis, they'd probably put something in place. And you might be asking also, how likely is it that if you just like, you know, very carefully... Tweet a couple shots with your mind that people would notice it. You don't know how insane NBA Twitter fans are. They would a hundred percent notice it. As an example, one that I that happened this season, uh, so after every game, every NBA, like every team, social media team um tweets out an image and then like the final score of of the game that their team just played, right? Someone near the end of the season. Uh, had a very strong feeling that for whatever reason, whether contractual or, or whatever, they realized that the Lakers had never included a picture of LeBron James in a lost tweet, despite the Lakers losing quite a few games. At which point, NBA Twitter went back through all of the lost, all of the like, post-game tweets from the Lakers and confirmed that, yes, in all 41 of their losses at the time, not a single one included LeBron James. And in their, like, 30-ish wins at the time, 10 of them had LeBron James.
0: So they might notice a little bit. They would
1: notice a little bit. NBA Twitter is insane. I'm part of it and I love it, but they slash we are insane. So I think doing anything super obviously Jedi is out. But it does mean you can still do some things to, you know, make yourself a normal, although Jedi powered person, be able to hang in the NBA. So there are some relevant other force powers. There's force jumping, seems useful. Yeah. In basketball? Are yeah. You, sure? you know, it's, it's kind of, yeah, <laughs> done a little bit. Someone, there was a Wired article where they went through and, like, used physics to analyze all of the Jedi jumps in Star Wars. And the average jump was apparently a bit over 15 feet, which is more than we need for our purposes. So you can jump with an NBA player and be fine. I found 23
0: feet. I don't know where my number came from.
1: So, they may have been
0: using a specific one. I feel like I've one. seen bigger jumps in Star Wars besides the, both of those numbers, anyway. So I'm yes, there, there the are, are
1: definitely bigger ones. Um, this was the average across all, I think, nine movies. So, I don't know. You might have. The, the numbers you saw, Chris, may have been from like before the before new Before a movie out or came something. out. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, in addition, there's four speed, which just makes you move faster. It's pretty much what it says on the 10. I couldn't find any exact numbers aside from uh, there is, of course, a Star Wars pen and paper role-playing game. And in that, there are different levels of the power named Night Speed and Master Speed, which allow the user to move up to 20 times and 30 times faster than normal, respectively. So, once again, don't do all of that because they'll think you're a demon. But, you know, you can you can hang with NBA players once again. I mean, is it cheating just being really fast? That's not cheating. I mean, it's not cheating, but I think you might... Draw some questions if you go literally 30 times
0: faster than a normal person. They might put they most might post rules. You are not allowed to run. There's a new now a speed, <laughs> speed limit, limit in basketball. Yeah,
1: exactly. But yeah, I also look for some kind of strength just because that is it's useful. And the only thing I could find was there was only like two times it was shown used and both of them were really sketchy Xand universe stuff. So I'm going to say it doesn't really exist. But you can kind of fake it with telekinesis, I guess. And, you know, sort of make yourself... Just push on them with your mind and your body, and it kind of works out. So I'm going to say that between those three powers, or, I mean, jumping speed and telekinesis to emulate strength, you can physically, you know, appear to be an NBA player, basically, um, to the point where you can get onto a roster. The question is then, next, are NBA referees weak-willed, and can you use a Jedi mind trick on them? And there's actually not... Exactly that, but there's actually kind of research to this uh, this direction, because for a long time there's always been this assumption that referees are favorites to home teams whenever a game is is happening. That you know, if it's a it's it's a a game that has fouls in it, there'll be more fouls called on the opposing team. Um, you know, decisions which kind of just go in the direction of the home team. And I decided that that was kind of a good proxy for can you sway a referee with a Jedi mind trick? Because if they can be swayed by just like being at a place and having a crowd yelling, they can probably be swayed by a Jedi as well. That's it's reasonable, right? Like that's, that's fair. And there's actually a lot of research about this, probably because of sports betting, if I were to guess. And one of the, the main ones I saw, they basically looked at, they took uh, soccer referees and had them look at the same fouls with crowd noise and without crowd noise. Like not not the same people, but like a sample of referees. Some of them saw it with crowd noise, some without. And the ones who saw them with the background crowd noise actually called fifteen and a half percent fewer fouls against the home team as compared to those who watched without any crowd noise. Which is huge that's a huge amount, honestly, in terms of like, you know, swaying the impact of a game. And there's been many other other studies aware that, uh, as well that have tried to, you know, make sure to filter out, like, age referees and, and things like that and, like, the, the actual location. And it just definitely seems like having that crowd noise around definitely does push a ref to make calls in favor of the home team to a, like, statistically significant level. So we're saying that, yes, you can, in, you know, breaks and play, go over and get a ref to call a stupid foul on the star player of the other team or whatever you know so you can you know just nudge the scales in your favor how much is that actually going to be able to impact the success of a team over a season and the only way i could look to take a look at that i basically went through the records for all of the teams in the nba last year and looked at how many um how many games they played in where the final score was a difference of three points or less because I figured that's you know kind of like a one possession game. That's where just a couple of like key fouls you get called could turn that from a loss into a win for your team. Overall, about thirteen and a half percent of all games in the NBA last year were within three points. And then on a, like a team by team level, it, it tracks with that. It was average about eleven, and it was anywhere from I think the lowest was six for a team, highest was eighteen. If you were to take the most unlucky team in these situations, you know you would assume that overall, in a one-score game like that, it would be roughly a 50% chance your team would win. The least lucky team in that stance last year was the Indianapolis Pacers, who played in 17 close games and lost 14 of them somehow. That's not good. That's really bad. <laughs> they weren't a good team, but they weren't as bad of a team as they looked because of that. If they had won all of those games instead... They would have gone from a uh, from winning about thirty percent of their games to winning just under half of their games, and would have been, gone from being far out of the playoffs to being easily in the playoffs.
0: If they were a fourth power, they'd be forced choke.
1: Am I right? Wow, <laughs> I was gonna make a force choke joke. Damn it, Marcus. Damn Cross it, Marcus. It out. <laughs> uh well, I mean that was gonna be my stinger at the end, but anyway. Long story short, because I feel like I've actually talked way more about this
0: than I expected to. <laughs> if you had spent this much time trying to figure out how to get money out of a cashier, you may have stuck with that.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but at the same time, <laughs> my overall plan is apparently to just be a like a basketball player who probably isn't actually still all that good because he won't be a very good shooter. But you'll be a really like, good defender, and uh, your teams will just win more than they should when you're on the team, so people will giving you, keep giving you money to play basketball. And that seems pretty good to me personally
2: and now you have no choke
1: uh joke (laughs) yeah i don't i don't have my choke joke um yeah i was gonna make some joke about literally choking the playoffs but probably also a bad idea in terms of nba twitter loving and then hating and fearing you
0: the question is when you when you get and when you get your own space jam movie uh is it going to be a star wars movie or a a basketball cash-in movie why not both (laughs) (laughs) anyway marcus what did you do so yeah Uh, we, we, the question was Jedi powers, but I always thought some of the coolest powers were not technically Jedi powers, the evil ones, the the, the bad guys used, the Sith powers. So basically the force has some stuff that you can do if you're a good guy. And then if you're mad and angry, you get a whole bunch of cool new things you can do, like shoot lightning out of your fingertips. And so I was kind of looking into those. I, I started at force lightning and then realized I was doing like power calculations for the eighty fifth time, and I'm like, "You know what? that already just by default like can be assumed from this podcast. I don't need to actually go through all that work. <laughs> <laughs> um, you can power some number of things that some that will eventually do in the math force somewhere along the line.
2: yeah, we've already looked at lightning specifically too, I
0: think yeah, no I've, i i I was like it's a little bit it's a little bit too on brand let me let, <laughs> let me look around a little bit for my own sanity, and so kind of the other one I was looking at was you know, the force, I actually did force choke, um, <laughs> Darth Vader's iconic <laughs> ability in the series. So, as the name implies, he's able to use the power of the force to choke somebody. Um, he, he he sticks out his hand, and then, you know, the imperial general who has displeased him is suddenly struggling for breath. So, to see kind of how helpful this is, first have seen okay, so how much, how much force is he, like, physical force, like a, the physics term force, not <laughs> space force yeah, is l- he exerting. Lowercase <laughs> not capital. Yeah, how much lowercase force is he exerting? Which Google upsettingly had, like, some good numbers for. Uh, It takes 33 pounds of pressure to close off someone's windpipe. (laughs) Nice. You can actually knock someone unconscious with way less pressure around the neck if you are on their important arteries uh, in the neck that go up to the brain. Just four and a half pounds of pressure at the neck is enough to knock someone unconscious. For a point of reference, like, four and a half pounds, five pounds is what you need to, like, crack an egg. Just, you know, poke your finger through an egg and open. It. Like, that's five pounds. That's not a lot of force, and you can knock someone unconscious with that. The average grip strength for a man is 75 pounds, 44 for women, but a, a guy, Darth Vader in this example, could theoretically, on average, squeeze for 75 pounds. Um, and I'm gonna take the, the hand grip strength as the force choke grip strength. Obviously, there are many examples of Darth Vader using a lot more force,
2: like, Crushing ships,
0: yeah, like <laughs> you know, pu- pu- pushing very large objects, or crushing ships, or you know, decimating some nonsense or another. Like some of the uh, opening scenes in the uh, oh Force Unleashed series, I think it is, where they reestablished Darth Vader. There's a big bad. So there's a bunch of opening scenes of him just like going to town on people in overly dramatic force-powered ways. But while cool and intimidating, force choking someone is is not that super practical, you could, you know, for instance, uh, you know, just as an example, take two steps forward and accomplish the same thing with your actual hand. (laughs) Or if you really can't be bothered with that, you just get one of those, like, little toy extendo arm things that, like, you know, (laughs) like little little robot arms with a clips. You could use one of those. But because I couldn't think of a good use for it, of course, it sat in my brain until I found one. So, again, while generally it's not useful until, unless you're, like, instilling fear in your cohort of Imperial Generals, there was is one interesting part about um, the Force choking. Usually, Vader is choking out someone in that room, but there are a few scenes between movies and a little bit of extended universe stuff where he chokes someone that he's out on a video call with. So, you know, he's gets the, the phone chat, sees the guy on the, the 3D projector, and he's like, nope, you've displeased me, and then chokes him out. Someone who is, according to the Star Wars Theories YouTube channel, who did this wonderful, wonderful work for me, someone who, who's estimated to be 31,000 light years away based on what planet they're supposed to be on and, uh, you know, a general maps of the Star Wars universe as clean as those are. So now we have the ability to apply this small amount of force, admittedly, but an incredibly long distance. So funnily, I ended up finding the same answer of what I wanted to do with it that I had the last time we tackled a Star Wars question, which... My word was episode 35, way, way back when we did what you do if you had a lightsaber.
2: I wasn't there, so this is new for me.
0: Yeah, it was like one of the... Is it the only episode you've missed, Chris? Second episode? Uh, One of two? I missed a few, I think. Yeah, because there was... I think it was the only one where where it was
1: only two of us
0: there. Oh, right, 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 yeah. If you don't like Chris and you love Star (laughs) Wars, episode 35 (laughs) is where it's at. But yeah, I looked at space probes because the thing it's space probes are kind of unique in that you don't need to give them much to get them going, but it's really hard to add to, like you know to power them because you can't obviously they're obviously just designed to go as far away from you as possible. So, one thing I was actually missing the last time we covered this was I was looking at the power requirements for a uh, space probe. So, the way space probes are powered is that they have a, basically a radioactive battery. Like it's like a, I'll call it an engine in uh, generous terms. So basically there's just a radioactive brick in there and it takes the power that's generated for when one of these atoms decays in the radioactive substance and it uses that tiny bit of power to keep itself going. But what I didn't consider was what that power was actually doing because it's actually quite difficult to accelerate anything in the vacuum of space. When we, you know, walk somewhere or push something, or a good example to think about is swimming. When you swim, you're kind of like, you know, you're flailing around, but what you're doing is you're pushing against the water. You're pushing the water the other way so that you go upwards. In the vacuum of space, there isn't anything to do. And any mechanical method to accelerate a craft is a net zero. Like you can like, you can move something, but it can't get any more forward momentum because it's not pushing against anything. It can't push against the vacuum. The only way to accelerate a craft in space is to shoot mass out in some direction or another. So, like, the way spacecraft's maneuver they you see them, like, they shoot out little bits of gas. And it's, like, the main, the main reason that's even working is that it's shooting gas out into space. That mass is going away and it's getting pushed in that direction. So without mass, you can't accelerate a spaceship no matter how much power you're generating inside. Unless, of course, you have mystical space powers. (laughs) (laughs) So you can just use this force choke and use our ability to exert the small force over a long distance. It's kind of be kind of net into a force pull, like a force push rather than, you know, a straight up choke because a choke would be kind of pulling it all towards... The same thing. And then I was thinking a bit about that. And I was like, well, what you could do is you could position your force choke so it's at the front. So only half of it's pulling. And I was thinking a lot of different ways about the mechanics of it and realized, look, you can just push with it. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, Jedi can push. You can just use the same amount of force and push with it. (laughs) There, There could be maybe a little bit of figuring, but it's not particularly interesting. And it would eventually work out. So let's build our space probe. All it needs is... Basically, a transmitter and a camera. It doesn't need any bits to keep it, like, powered or, you know, any anything like that. So, we can kind of cut down on the weight of the probe. The space probe that we sent the fur- furthest, the Voyager 1, weighs uh, 735 kilograms. And it's got all the stuff that we non-magical people need to do to get it moving. So, I'm going to say that we can cut way back down to, like, 100 kilograms. Seems a reasonable like reasonable size for me for our space probe. So if you have a 100 kilograms craze space probe, the key question is, how far and how fast can we get our space probe going? And the answer is pretty crazy far and fast. The 75 pounds of force that you can exert with your hand is actually, like, quite a lot when there's no friction or anything to reduce that force of effects. For, for a 100 kilogram probe, that's an acceleration of 3.3 meters per second squared. And what that means, if you actually imagine it, um, what's the numbers that you can actually use. After a single minute of continuously pushing and accelerating with 75 pounds of force, our space probe is going 440 miles an hour. And I've checked this math like four times because I was pretty dang sure I missed a unit. And no, the answer is that space is really weird. And by checking it four times, I'm going through, like, trying to get comparison points. So like, if you look at a car The starting force for a car is actually somewhere between, like, 50 and 200 pounds of force. So, that's not a lot. We can actually exert that. So, the force we can apply by squeezing our hand is actually what the force our car starts off at. But, once our car starts moving and encounters friction and air resistance and, you know, its internal friction and all that nonsense, it needs thousands and thousands of of pounds. needs all that horsepower. But when you're in space, there's nothing slowing you down. There's nothing that's taking away from the 75 pounds of force. And it continues to be this constant acceleration. Like just imagine pushing like the lightest thing you can imagine, like the lightest balloon, like with your full force and how fast that will get going. And basically you are accelerating as fast as cars accelerate. And it's pretty crazy. So just to kind of put some numbers on this and put some space into perspective because it's what I love to do basically after about a week we're passing by Jupiter already Mars is like a couple days Jupiter we're passing after a week going four million miles an hour after about so so you say you did this on a longer time frame Um, I'll I'll get to my I have a caveat in here but I'm gonna skip that for a moment to get to some of the bigger numbers because they're more fun so about fifty years in, say you did this for fifty years, you are finally getting some good distance. You have traveled four point one four times ten to the fifteenth, aka four quintillion kilometers. That that's your threshold for good distance. That's a that's a good distance. Quintillion. <laughs> Before would that I have to,
2: is is bad distance.
0: When I have to convert from scientific notation back into like. Comma notation and then count how many things it is and be like, million, billion, quadrillion, and double check it. That's how you know you're in big numbers. <laughs> but crazily, this is only one hundredth of the way out of our galaxy. We're well past, we're way past the solar system, but as far as, like, our individual galaxy, if we're trying to explore, like, the vast expanse of space, we are 50 years in, not even one hundredth of the way out of there and that's continuous like you doing this all day every day Ooh, excuse me all day every day <laughs> but luckily force powers they're hereditary you know it doesn't have to be just you you're going to be this you know super pioneer of space time and travel and your kids are going to be super proud of you and some of those kids are going to have force powers too and you're going to teach them how to get mad and choke things and then you're going to show them the space probe and if you did this generation to generation to generation to generation and you did this for 600 years you would finally make it out of our galaxy, which would actually also put you exactly out of the range of where, of how far Darth Vader could force choke somebody from. So I'm not sure if it stops working out of that after that. And I stopped counting, I stopped doing math at a thousand years. But if you did it for a thousand years, you would be out of our galaxy for 400 years, continuously accelerating even after that point. And you would be one-tenth of the way to the next one. <laughs> nice. So space is really really big one caveat on all these numbers here though just for you those who think about want to know what i worry about after i finish these things is uh we definitely do exceed the speed of light Pretty about after about a year year and a half uh where is it yeah between two and five years is when we actually hit the speed of light with our space probe And at the 10% of the speed of light is when you actually have to start calculating in relativistic effects because you're moving so fast from our perspective that things are changing as you approach the speed of light. Of course, a whole bunch of other physics kick in to slow you down. That is not friction related. I did not consider those. I have a note that just says I didn't do that. (laughs) We have a whole
2: episode on that. Uh, What if, if the speed of light was 30 miles per hour, right?
0: Yeah, and it was really, really one of our most complicated episodes, and I really, really didn't want to do it. Yeah. So, (laughs) if anyone would like to work on correcting my math at home and let us know, basically, baseline acceleration, 3.33 meters per second squared. When do you run into relativistic problems? How far do you get? When does you just turn into a weird space bubble, black hole, and explode? When does that happen? Let us know. (laughs) Um, And that might be our most complicated call to action ever. So we should probably skip over to the bit where we do, well, we do our would you rather question first, but then more of the call to actions. Chris, are you ready for a would you rather question? I am ready. Would you rather steal a cop car or a fire truck?
2: Hmm. My first thought is that it's easier to immediately get away from, or... It's easier to immediately get away with the fire truck, I guess, because the cops aren't around and they'd have to call people first, but it is
1: slower, but it's also way more fun. It is way more fun. (laughs) You also need
0: to to get away with this. Would you rather?
1: (laughs) It's also way harder to drive. That's part of why it's fun. (laughs) Like a cop car, a cop car is just a car with a wee woo and a light on top, right? Like. You know, like it's. I've driven cars before. I had never driven a fire truck personally. That is true. I mean, you're gonna get caught no matter what. You you are almost
2: certainly because you're gonna put the wee woo on. Like you're not gonna resist it. Yeah, you might last a little longer with the cop car, but you're right. I think the the fire truck is way more fun.
0: It's so much more fun. Mm, I am I am encountering. I, I am I'm on I'm on team fire truck is fun right now. Um, but I'm encountering a uh, fire apparatus over 26,000 pounds, a.k.a. fire trucks, are limited by NFPA standards to a maximum of 68 miles per hour. Really? Wait, really? Huh.
1: I'm trying. I guess I've never actually seen, like, a fire truck on the highway.
0: If the fire truck has to go on the highway to get to your house, it's unlikely it's going to be helpful. I
1: was th- <laughs> I was thinking more, more for, like, if there was, like, a car that had, you know, caught on fire or something. I've never seen one, like, moving on the highway. But it's very funny, the, the idea that, like, there'd be a car stuck on the highway on fire or something, and a, a fire truck just, like, going just over the limit to
0: get there. Oh, I'm try- okay, so I'm trying I'm trying to imagine... So, can you get away with a fire truck? So if you can get away with the fire truck, this is an easy question. I think it's almost impossible to get away with the fire truck. I
2: don't
1: think you can get away with either of these. I think it's more likely you get away with the cop car. Don't... Don't... I mean, can't we assume that both have some kind of, like tracking transponder on them
2: yeah but you don't have to stay with the cop car you could drive it for a little bit and then oh
1: and then and then bail did you yeah yeah um i guess technically yeah i mean cop cars do have a is the camera in a cop car always recording i'd assume so yeah probably but it's only the dashboard right it's only the front is only the front i mean maybe it's not i don't know I. it's probably only the. i mean i feel like anytime i see like dash cam footage from a cop car is the dash so
0: it could be just the front i just don't want to steal the cop car it's just my gut does not want to steal the cop car period It's just like not boring uh it would be incredibly <laughs> exciting and stressful to do in a bad way don't steal cop cars
1: don't steal any cars actually i'm gonna go in and blanket statement don't steal cars just full stop don't steal don't steal yeah. don't
0: steal we can just stop and steal <laughs> don't steal <laughs> Cause what I'm imagining now too is like you you've stolen your fire truck and you're on the highway, and the cops are trying to pull you over. But how do you pull over a fire truck? You can't run it off the road.
2: It it does seem pretty difficult. I mean, if you get stuck in traffic, though, you're kind of stuck.
0: Less stuck though than if you had a cop car. <laughs> yes. Yeah.
2: You can get through light traffic in a fire truck. Well, I feel like in a cop car you might be able to like weave, or you'd be able to fit through tight spaces easier.
1: I will also say you're in a fire truck with the lights on. People are gonna get out of your. Oh way. yeah, people
2: are gonna move out of the way. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, like either way.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I, I I feel like I have to just go with the side of fun here and get on that that <laughs> you know fire truck train. It's not a train; it's a truck. I just said truck anyway. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, I have a mental image that I got like a couple cohorts. Maybe you guys are helping me steal it. And like, there's a cop car like. Coming up alongside and then you just like pull out the fire hose and just like blast oh, yeah. them. If you're,
1: if you're with buddies, it is 100% the fire truck. No, no, without a doubt. Because, you know, you got someone in the basket. You got someone on the hose. It's, it's great. It's a great time. in a a police car if you you have buddies you're just kind of like hanging out in a car and you're divided by like a cage in the middle you
0: have a cage also like how awesome is your getaway where you just like pull up to like a 10-story building and throw the ladder up and then you just like run up the ladder and escape like you know continue escaping that way it's
1: great
2: it's perfect it's like a jackie chan it's not that good of an escape you're just it's not
1: it's really you're just up high (laughs) they know you're in there you put a fire (laughs) until you get
0: to your zip line (laughs) oh okay
1: I mean the the one the main problem with a zip line, Marcus, is that it's pretty clear where it starts and where it ends. <laughs> it's kind of hard to mysteriously slip away with the zipline.
0: But then your next step, your next platform has three zip lines leading from it, and each of those zip lines has three zip lines leading from it. <laughs> I see. how Marcus, how high up
1: are you when you start this? How high uh, can a how ladder high
0: get? are the ladder trucks? How <laughs> high are the ladders? <laughs> Touche. 100 feet. I'm 100 feet up. I don't know if you can
1: support uh, quadratic zip lines, but anyway. <laughs>
2: Honestly, if you're in a, a cop car, they're going to try to probably to pit you, which yeah. means you might not last as long in a cop car. They can't really pit you in a fire truck, so
1: you might last longer in a fire truck. You cannot. There's too many wheels on a fire truck. You can't get pitted. You're going to get a longer joyride. You are. And a longer vehicle. Hey. Anyway, personally, I think I know what my decision is.
2: I think yeah, I think we're all in agreement. It sounds like are we, I can't are think we all of team. Yeah, Penny. my brain,
0: my brain is like I always try to give these the, the benefit of the doubt and argue both sides. But man, my brain is just telling me don't even bother. It's gonna be it's gonna be the fire truck. Yeah, fire truck. no no way around it. Get that fire truck. If you are hashtag team fire truck, then you are in the right place and by the right place, I mean this podcast. And if you want to be even more in the right place, aka have even more of this podcast, you can do that by going to www.patreon.com slash absurdhypotheticals and becoming a patron, one of our good hypotheticals, um, for just a dollar a month. You get access to all our bonus content that we release each month on the Patreon. There's lots of cool stuff there. Your support means the world to us. We always thank everybody with a super excellent, we each do an entire metaphor for you at the end of those Patreon episodes. Thank you for what you're doing, and since none of us are poets, they are hot disasters which makes them retroactively good metaphors because they're entertaining. Uh, (laughs) And then uh, if you want to support the show, but you don't want to give us your hard-earned money, there are other ways you can help too. Uh, One, become part of the show. Send us a question. If you are on YouTube, the easiest way is to do it just in the comments below. Um, If you're on any other devices, best way to get in touch with us is just send us a quick email. Absurdhypotheticals at gmail.com is the best one shoot us a question we'd love to get more listener questions that we can make part of the show and you may be immortalized forever by us doing a whole bunch of research on the question that is burning in your brain and we might say your name if you want us to say your name yeah and you'll get we are absolutely will credit anyone who does that if they are willing and then last one here if you like the show and you want people to know and you want to help it grow leave us a review tell your friends and family word of mouth Reviews both are really important aspects to helping the show grow, and the more people that listen, the longer the show will last. The more we will do it, the more everything everyone benefits. It's 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 net positive for both of us. But we can't leave our own reviews because that would be weird, and we don't like that. So you guys have to do it. And that's it. That's that's all the things. That's all the things I'm asking for. You can join us next week where we answer the following question. It's actually gonna be a few questions because we are doing another grab bag and all. The questions in this grab bag are gonna be about Tom Cruise.